Welcome back to the We Don't Know Football podcast, so you can't get mad at us when we're wrong. My name is Jackson. I believe this is episode nine. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Colin. Colin, say hi. Hello. Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And we're going to get into these some of these week four matchups. We're going to start off with the Bills and Ravens. Um, the big storyline of this game, Baltimore shut out in the second half. Um, they were outscored 13 to nothing in the second half. Uh, after a controversial fourth and goal call from John Harbaugh deciding to go for it, and the Ravens did not end up picking it up. A bunch of Ravens fans apparently when John Harbaugh fired. Colin, you got any thoughts on this game? I've, I've seen those uh, John Harbaugh fire comments, uh, mainly because of his postseason record. And I just, just the second half of games, he's not quite been the best on. But um, in terms of the game, when you look at the first quarter, the entire first drive was Allen trying to force it to Dawson Knox, which obviously led to that interception by Marlon Humphrey. But, um, I mean, he was obviously forcing, like, every single ball towards Knox. I, I think two out of the three plays were straight to Knox, and he didn't come down with either of them. It wasn't, it wasn't very pretty. Obviously, Marlon got the pick, and then the Ravens went down and, and all that. And then uh, McKenzie almost had a kick return touchdown, but luckily mm-hmm. Justin Tucker, just as good as tackling as he is kicking, okay. took him down. Um, but, yeah, as far, as far as the run game, you've got your quarterback running as much as your halfback. Josh Allen, 11 attempts. Devin Singletary, 11, tip, uh, 11 attempts. Singletary fumbled. It was, it was just a good pursuit by um, – uh, uh shoot, I forget his name. It's somewhere. It's somewhere in these notes. Come on. Whatever. Okay, I'll call him. What was it? Whatever. Dafe, Chuck Clark, Patrick Queen, KPP, Brandon Stevens. No, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think I got my notes a little confused. There was a Justin Metabuke. <laughs> but um yeah, but no, the the crazy play in this game was the the toss up to Mark Andrews where he almost lost the crap out of somebody, and then it got bobbled over to Duvernay on a second and nineteen. Talk about a bailout, but you know, whatever. And then yeah, as that fourth ball or the in in the fourth quarter, um, Poyer intercepted it. I mean, Poyer had two picks. One of them was batted up, and it just fell into his arms, and the other one. The other one was was just good coverage. Poyer played played really good without Hyde. Poyer still just covering field left to right. It's 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 nice to see the Bills defense. Obviously, as you said, they shut them out in the second half. I mean, whatever whatever game plan they put into effect, it most definitely worked. But I think that they should have just kicked the field goal and put it in their defense's hand. I know their defense hasn't been the best on this season. But, I mean, still. And, and even then, um, I don't – I think – I can't remember if it was Queen or away where Singletary was going up, up the middle for a touchdown and everybody was just kind of like touching Singletary, like, you know, just trying to put it into his mind that they were trying to tackle him just so he, he could get the touchdown and they could get a shot at it. But it was either Queen or away that just absolutely 
went for the tackle and brought him down. And I think that was the, the losing play right there. Well, I think Ravens fans wanting Harbaugh fired may be the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever seen <laughs> in in my life watching NFL football. You let's come on. Harb John Harbaugh is a excellent coach. Yes, he's very he's he's very aggressive. We know. He's one he's a very aggressive coach. And maybe maybe he shouldn't have gone for it on fourth and goal. You should probably take your three. However, Ravens fans, the ones wanting him fired, you guys are the most selfish and unappreciative fans I've ever seen in my life. You have one of the best coaches in the league right now, and he has been for as long as he's been the Ravens head coach. Wanting Harbaugh fired as a Steelers fan? Go ahead. Go ahead and fire Harbaugh. That, that'll... That makes life a lot easier for us. But I think the Bills, they've had back-to-back absolute hell weeks, and they gotta they got to go play Kenny Pickett in the new improved Steelers offense next week. So looking forward to that. But the Ravens are 0-2 at home, which is surprising. But I think, you know, Harbaugh's going to regroup. They're going to get it together, and – the Ravens are going to continue to be solid, uh, as well as the Bills. But that's that's all I have from that game. I think we could go on to our next game we have lined up here, the Chiefs and Bucks. Um, Chiefs end up winning 41-31. They took advantage of an early Tampa Bay blunder after uh, Rashad White, rookie running back out of Arizona State, fumbled on the opening kickoff. They got an easy touchdown, and from there, Casey had momentum for most of the game. Uh, they did an excellent job of getting it done in the run game, uh, considering the Buccaneers have a very good run defense, but 189 yards on the game. Uh, so nicely done by the Chiefs there. And But despite losing, the Tampa Bay offense, who's also 0-2 at home, they su- surprisingly, I think Tampa Bay – there was a lot of good things to talk about this game um, offensively for them because they've been struggling all season long um, in terms of the offense. You know, Mike Evans had eight catches. You get crushed Godwin back. He had seven. Um, they ended up scoring 31 points. Granted, yeah, they were down, you know, for the whole game, really. So you had the pass, um, hence why they only had three yards on the ground, but. You know, I think that that's a that's a good thing for Tampa Bay's offense. They probably they needed a game like that. They needed a game to get some momentum. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or not, Colin, but that's what I think. I I definitely agree that they needed momentum. Um, now I saw Chris Godwin go down. Is he is his injury big or was it just a little? I I think it's minor. All right, I want to well, say it's a minor injury. That's good for them. Mike Evans has always been consistent. I mean, he's had a thousand yards every year since he's been in the league. You know, he's about as reliable as it gets. Obviously, comes in here, one hundred and three yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he's just, he's just great. But um, it's 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 a fun game to watch. And with Clyde Clyde doing well, and their seventh round uh, pick Isaiah Pacheco, I think I think this was a good little. Uh, a good game to see 
what Pacheco can do. I think they definitely need to use him more. He looks really nice. But um, I it's mean, a guy yeah. like that fall to the seventh round. This this entire draft. I mean, this, as as we've seen, the wide receivers have been playing great. But um, Olave, London, uh, Wilson, get ticket. I, pick, I didn't know pick Kenny him. lined up a receiver. Pickens, I get him confused. <laughs> but um, I haven't heard much from Burks, honestly. I don't quite know how he's – I think he got hurt recently. Yeah. But um, his stats on the year, 10 catches, 129 yards, no touchdown. He, he's going to be quiet. But, but past the first round, a lot of other players have been playing really well. I mean – there's there's been more hidden gems than people have realized, I think. But yeah, no, I don't I don't understand how somebody like that can fall. I mean, he is quick and he's explosive. It's just it's he's he's going to be a fun player to watch if they give him the touches he needs. Yeah, but Pacheco's really talented, and I think I think for the Chiefs, he could probably be their uh, you know early down back. And mm-hmm. third down back, you got your guy in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's kind of like a Brian Westbrook um, when Andy Reid was coaching the Eagles. So, a lot of similarities there. But, yeah, that's all I got from the Chiefs and Bucks game. I actually absolutely whiffed on my prediction. I thought the Bucks were going to be able to hold it down, but no. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the Chiefs, they come out with the W. Uh, but let's go into our next game. We got Jacksonville at Philadelphia. Jacksonville takes the loss, 21-29. Um, Eagles, you know, they, they got a top defense. They have one of the top defenses in the league, I think it's safe to say. Um, Miles Sanders had a great game on the ground, uh, 27 carries, 134 yards, two tutties. But with all that being said, though, after – a 14-point first quarter from Jacksonville, if they don't – if Jacksonville doesn't absolutely, you know, crap the bed in the second quarter where they gave up 20 points, they have a shot in this game. I said Philadelphia looks beatable, Colin. Well, what happened is is um, Trevor Lawrence had five turnovers. Right. Fumbled four times through a pick, and they only lost by eight. I say that that's something to look forward to. Like I understand, you know, you're losing all this, but you gotta you gotta look at some of the positives. Five turnovers and you only lose by eight. I mean, it is they are a beatable team. You just gotta wipe out all the mistakes. Obviously, Jacksonville's still young. They've got a lot of young players on that team. You gotta be able to knock that stuff out. But um, yeah, and and hurts. Uh, he had an interception. It was a pretty bad one. He threw in a double coverage to Zach Pascal. Bounced over or got popped up. Cisco got a pick six. I mean, you can't throw in a double coverage. Come on. And is Zach Pascal? Like, if it's A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, sure. You know, maybe give it a shot if it's like a do-or-die situation. But you can't do it that early to Zach Pascal. That's a lot of hate to Zach Pascal. Uh, Zach Pascal is not bad. Don't get me wrong. But he's <laughs> not a double coverage come down with a person. Uh, Sanders looked good. Rashawn Jenkins looked good. And he was he was on uh, just all over the place. Whatever receiver he was on, he played pretty well. It was it was good to see that. And Robinson, he got a fumble knocked out of him as well by Patrick Johnson. Luckily, I think it was Christian Kirk was able to hop on it. But 
but yeah, just just ball control is the biggest issue in this game. That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, Tennessee is now the favorites to win that division. Um, ah, I think that's a little early. I still, I still think Tennessee and uh, Tennessee has a better shot. Indianapolis, I'm a little worried, and we'll we'll, we'll get into that soon when we get into our oh, Thursday I'm, night game. I'm terrified of Indiana. <laughs> but um, Hassan Reddick played great, by the way. Two sacks. This uh, the whole Eagles pass rush has been playing great. Yeah, right? a lot of them got in there. Yeah, like they've they've been that. This is great defense. This is a very very good defense. I don't I don't know if I sent you the tweet about Lane Johnson. I saw something on him. Let me see if I can find it. I'm not sure if I sent it to you, but it it was incredible. Let me see. Yeah, Lane Johnson hasn't allowed a quarterback hit since week seven of the 2021 season. 918 snaps. Johnson hasn't allowed a sack since week 10 of the 2020 season. 1,100 snaps. Yeah, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame right tackle. He's been Lane very Johnson. And, and Kelsey, too. Kelsey's yeah. been going crazy. He, he, but... Eagles have a heck of a roster, man. But I just think – I think this team – they're they're still young with Jalen Hurts at the helm and uh, Nick Sirianni. I think it's his second year head coaching this team. Mm-hmm. They're they're gonna they're there's gonna be some errors down the line on this team, but there's there's a very good roster, very good team, and Jalen Hurts, uh, I think, is showing that he can be QB one in Philly. Um, I I agree, but it also brings the question that I feel like every time we look at the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is running twelve. Could could the trade yeah, he, he, injury he come over times. to Philadelphia? Um, I think you know. I think that's part of their part of the offense. There, Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball, and you know what makes Jalen Hurts so good is his ability to run the ball. Because you know, most teams you're probably going to have to spy someone, and you're you're going to have to be able to contain. But you know, if Jalen Hurts doesn't get it done on his legs, and you're expecting him to run, he's going to be able to hit you over top. And he's got really talented receivers in AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, as well as Dallas Goddard at the tight end position. So it just that that offense is dangerous, um, and I think that there's there's a lot of potential for that offense that I think could play better. Um, but thankfully, Miles Sanders had a good game on the ground. They didn't have the best game passing. Hurts had 204 yards and a. Uh, interception, but you know, this Eagles team, there's still some learning curves for them, despite them being 4-0, but they have they, they could win out the NFC. I could definitely see it happening, especially with how weak it is. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and get into our last highlighted game. We're going to get into the Rams and 49ers, the Monday Night Showdown. And I'm I'm worried about the Rams. I know they went up against a tough, tough 49ers defense, but I don't. I think the chances of the Rams repeating are getting smaller and smaller week in, week out. Um, the offense just did not look good. They haven't been able to get anything done on the ground the past few weeks. And outside of Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby, that offense is non existent. Um, they, I believe they had two turnovers, you know. Stafford threw an interception to Troy Palmola Jr., a.k.a. Mr. Hufanga. Um, and he fumbled. So, I'm worried about L.A. I think – I'm pretty sure I predicted the 49ers to win that division. And 
you know, I think that's holding strong. Each team's two and two. Obviously, the Niners haven't been, you know, great. They had a bad game the week before against Denver, but I think the chances of L.A. going back-to-back Super Bowls is dwindling. Yeah, I, I agree. Nick Bosa looked good. He had two sacks, which now puts him as the leading uh, – the sack leader in the NFL with six. Okay. Got six on the season. Nick Bosa's looked great. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Rams – I mean, even though – I mean, Cooper Cup had 14 catches for 122 yards, and Higby had 10 catches for 73 yards, and he only put up nine points. It, it says a lot. They didn't even get a touchdown this game. I mean, you 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 got to have that that extra playmaker, and Allen Robinson has not been in. As as me and you discussed, you know, we're still waiting on Van Jefferson to come back, and potentially Odell depends where he'd like to go. But until then, it's it's a one man two man show. There's not there's nothing past that. Yeah, I mean, they need to be able to run the ball. It's as simple as that. You know, you can't. Yeah. They only had 18 attempts with 57 yards. It's poor. It's very poor. Um, also, what happened to that in that game? Uh, Bobby Wagner absolutely annihilated someone running out on the field. Did you see that? There's a fan I saw that ran on the field, and Bobby Wagner absolutely decked him. There, there were some James people, Harrison type stuff. <laughs> there were a couple of people saying that the fans should sue Bobby Wagner. But I mean, when you Who jump on that, that field, who says they, that? Well, they're they're saying that they should sue him because it's not his as it's, it's not his job. His job is to play football to leave that to the security. Okay, but, but when that, you jump when, when you jump on a field football field, yeah, when you jump on a field, you're you're taking every That's, caution you can. Okay, okay, let's put it in perspective. Let's say I'm at an office job, right? I'm in my little cubicle, and some bozo who like some homeless man walks into my cubicle and starts messing around with my stuff. I have the right to deck him. All right. <laughs> this guy walked in on Bobby Wagner's job, his place of employment. Bobby Wagner has, you know, the right to absolutely deck him. So the people, whoever's saying that the guys who sued Bobby Wagner, dude, you are softer than a, than a blanket. You are softer than a squishmallow. You are soft, <laughs> softer than a marshmallow. All right. Get off of Twitter and go touch some grass. Yeah on Instagram, but yeah, no, you can't, you can't just hop onto the field like that. Come on, come on. Yeah. But outside of the 49ers game and the games that we went over, I'm, I got to talk about KPA. I got to talk about Kenny. Yeah, we'll we'll, um, we'll we'll hit our fan base teams. Might as well. <laughs> of course. So Mitch taken out of the game, coming out of halftime. It was time. It was. Time for Kenny Pickett football. Let me tell you, the whole city of Pittsburgh, I almost said Heinz Field. It's Heinz Field still. Acrisure Stadium because suck it. It's Heinz Field. Heinz was rocking. Everyone was going crazy for Kenny. Um, Mike Tomlin said we needed an energy spark, and even though we did lose, I think that was we had a huge energy spark. Um, Kenny Pickett, we decided to go for it on a fourth and one at our own 30-something yard line. Um Got the sneak for the first down. He got it. Place went crazy. He delivered an absolute dot to Frymuth after getting absolutely decked by Quinnen Williams over the middle. That was nice to see. Kenny Pickett's also the first rookie quarterback to uh, have two rushing touchdowns in his debut. 
He's also the first quarterback um, to have a ball not hit the ground um, with 13 pass attempts. Apparently, that's the most pass attempts ever had without a ball touching the ground. Now, granted, three of them were interceptions. I'm only blaming one of them on Pickett, and that was the one to Fryermuth. Even though Fryermuth should have caught it, Pickett backed up way too far, and he should not have let that ball go. Um, Probably should have taken a sack. But, you know, rookie quarterback, first game, thrown in the middle of the game. You know, I can't blame him. He's got a full week ahead of him now in a game plan for Buffalo that has a, a weaker secondary. He gets the go up against some of his former Pitt teammates and Dane Jackson, DeMar Hamlin, and I'm excited to see that. Uh, but I think Kenny Pickett, the Steelers' ceiling uh, offensively is a lot higher with him. He used George Pickens a lot more. He was able to get um, Deontay involved when Mitch wasn't. He looks more confident than Mitch. The, I think the team rallies around Kenny. I think everyone wants to play for Kenny, and maybe Matt Canada will pull his head out of his ass and call some, call some good plays for Kenny Pickett. Um, but yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy the the pit prodigy is starting. I can't I, even even if the Steelers only won seven games this year. It's I'm happy to see Kenny Pickett play. I definitely think that the game plan will change a little bit with Pickett in there. Yeah, I I hope you know Matt Canada's plays for Pickett are a little little better than Mitch. I, so what's crazy is that there was you know rumors that the they wouldn't let Mitch audible. Like, they mm-hmm. wouldn't let Mitch Audible any plays. And, and Pickett got out there, and he's he's making audibles. And I'm like, so how does Kenny Pickett have, you know, more access in this offense than Mr. Bisky? It's crazy to me. But, you know, Matt Canada did recruit uh, Kenny to Pitt uh, when, he was in, when Kenny was in high school. So, you know, they already have a relationship. So, you know what? Maybe, you know what, Matt Canada, I'm going to give you a couple weeks. Actually, I'm not going to give you a couple weeks. I'm going to give you like a half of football, to be honest. Give you the half of football to pull your head out of your ass. Get it together, buddy. All right? We got a tough game this week. Steelers, we're one and three. We got a tough four-game schedule coming up. These next weeks, we got to go up against Buffalo, Tampa Bay, um, Miami, and Philadelphia. But don't be surprised when Coach T leads his team to three out of those four games with a W. Don't be surprised. This is Pittsburgh Steelers football. This is what we do. They're gonna, they're all going to be heart attack games, but we're going to pull them out. And if you think otherwise, sorry, you're wrong. But <laughs> that, that's how I feel. Colin, I'm going to let you have the floor, buddy. Talk about the absolute shootout game that Man. happened in Detroit. I am happy on every aspect of the field. I mean – I've I've seen some comments saying the Seahawks have the worst linebacker core in football. You you shut your mouth. All right. Jordan that. Brooks. Jordan Brooks is awesome, first off. Cody Barton is a beast. Co- Cody Barton is a beast. Now, these two are not the best in coverage. I'll give it to you. But they but you better believe that they will tackle whoever walks in front of them. Nawosu, he's a little bit of a hybrid linebacker. You put him on the line, he'll go get a sack. You put him in coverage, he'll bat a few passes down. But Nawosu, man, I love him. This has been this has been one of the best free agent signings in a while, dude. Nwosu's all over the field. It's I love watching him. Makes me so happy. Hmm. But ever since we've said let let Gino unleash, he has he has. Let Gino uh, cook. Dude, Gino is a better cook than Wilson. You heard it here. Gino, um, Gino's played great, man. I mean. It's it's wonderful. He's now hit the top ten in passing yards in the NFL at number ten. 
I mean, he threw 320 yards, two touchdowns, only seven incompletions. He's number one for completion percentage as well by a solid 7%, 77% on the season. Rashad Penny comes in here, runs the ball 17 times for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker came in. He ran eight times for 30. It wasn't the best, but I, I felt like every time he got the ball, uh, our guard would just kind of, you know, crap his pants and fall over. But it is what it is. DK Metcalf talked trash about Jeff since last week, saying, oh, he's just another corner. Well, he proved it. Came in, put up 150 yards on his head. Lockett had 91 yards. And once again, Disley gets another touchdown. I think he's had a touchdown three out of the four weeks. And, yep. if, and if you look at the pass that Gino delivered to him for the touchdown, I mean, that was beautiful. Cornerback didn't even know it was coming, never turned around, went right over his head. I mean, it was it was great. As far as defense, um, I'd like it if, if they could put more pressure on it. I mean, Nwosu's the only one who's been putting pressure on anybody. I mean, obviously, Puna Ford isn't a, a go, a, you know, going to sack anybody, but he'll he'll cover the gaps. He's a good good uh, run run specialist. Not going to be able to move much. I mean, he's thirty five and massive. He's just going to sit there and take whatever running back comes in his gap. I'd I'd like to see a little more from uh, from Darrell Taylor. I'm, I mean, he was doing okay last year. I think he had five sacks in six games. He was he was looking pretty good, but he just it hasn't done much this season. He's had one sack, and it was against the Falcons. He also forced a fumble in that game, but he's been quiet. Tariq Woolen is finally shaping up to to what I wanted. I mean, he has been he, – he got a pick six, second pick on the season. He's just incredibly fast. He, he hit the fastest uh, ball carrier speed this week. That's two weeks in a row. First time in history it's been done by a defensive player. Obviously, he's six four, running a four two six. It's just not fair. That's not. He's he's played great. I I mentioned on a Seahawks post, everyone was talking about, oh, Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen are going to be great. And I was like, I I agree. Tariq is is ahead of Kobe, but when it comes down to it, they're both rookies. People need to realize that they're both rookies and they're handsy. I mean. And then somebody else commented on it, and they brought up a good point. I don't watch college football, so I didn't know. But the Seahawks have been using Kobe Bryant in the nickel. Obviously, I knew that. But I didn't know he played outside corner at Cincinnati. Oh, oh yeah. So he was an outside corner at Cincinnati. And um, he the most, of the most of the balls thrown against Cincinnati went his way because on the other side of him, he had Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we know Sauce Gardner, he, didn't, he only allowed, didn't allow a touchdown during his time at Cincy. So, yeah, uh, Kobe Bryant had most of the balls thrown his way. And then what also – well, I saw him play the outside. I think it was week one. He had two pass interference calls and was taken out of the game. I think he played a little bit of a hybrid week two, had a pass interference call, was immediately put back on the nickel. So, I mean, if he just just works on the hands, not, not putting his hands on people as much as he does, then I believe he'll be great. I'm still waiting on Trey Brown to pop up. I believe he's been hurt. I'm just waiting for him to to come in here and play and play really well. I've been excited for him since we drafted him, but I mean, our run defense is poor and Williams coming out and getting 108 yards. Jamal's good. I give credit where it's due, but come on. I feel like everybody gets 100 yards on us. Jared Goff threw for nearly 400 and four touchdowns. I mean, TJ Hawkinson can't be stopped. 180 yards and two touchdowns. It, 
it, like you said, it was a shootout. And these Lions, oh my gosh, they they they're going crazy. They've had they've been putting up numbers on everybody, but it doesn't you know they're one and three, so it's it's their defense that's been historically bad. But as far as the Seahawks, we keep letting up a hundred yard rushers. Kamara's been bad. Next week, if Kamara can't put up yards against the Seahawks, I mean, what are we what are we saying for the? But I'm happy. I'm I'm currently NFC West are all two and two. Oh wow, yeah, I think Seattle has a good shot to make a wild card in a weak NFC conference. So yeah, I mean how that goes. I don't really want the Seahawks to make the playoffs just because I know we won't make it far in the actual playoffs, and I'd rather have a better pick. But if we can still produce and come out with a good record, I mean, even if we somehow end up grabbing a wild card, which won't happen. I mean, you look at the Seahawks schedule. We play the Saints, the Cardinals, the Chargers. Those are our tough three games. Then you go into the Giants. Saquon's going to have a field day. You go back to the Cardinals, the Bucks, and then the Raiders. The Raiders haven't been good, but our defense won't be then you got the divisional matchup with the Rams, the Panthers, the Niners, the Chiefs, the Jets, the Rams again. I mean, e- either way, the the biggest concern that I've seen from Seahawks fans is with how great Geno's been playing. Do we take a quarterback next year and let them battle it out, or do we just let Geno roll another year? Mm, that, well... Obviously, we got to see how the rest of the season plays out. But I think if Gino continues at the rate he's going right now, that allows Seattle to draft other positions of need. They get at other positions of need as well as in free agency because they'll have uh, money to spend, I'm sure. Um, you know get some upgrades at some positions. So I think with Gino playing, Seahawks are in a very good situation with how well Gino is playing. And if he can continue to do that, then yeah, I say, I say you don't take a quarterback. Gino is currently on a one year, $3.5 million deal. Oh, so he's on his last year of his deal. Yeah. They gave him a, a one year last season. Okay. So that. That makes things more interesting. Um, so let's say he continues to play this way. Um, I'm interested to see how much money he's he would ask for. Because on, because on top of it all, this is a good quarterback draft. Uh, I mean, yeah, there, there's some guys. Uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, a uh, dude from Kentucky. Um, I think I believe his name's Jaden Daniels, the guy from Kansas, who is uh kind of really re-sparked uh, what football is in Kansas. Um, they've been a poor f- program for a long time, but Daniels has led them to 5-0 to begin the season, and Kansas football is looking really exciting to watch because of that man. Now, I don't know what year he's in. I don't know if he's eligible for the draft or not, but, yeah, there's there's some guys. There's some guys. and Yeah, this is a loaded QB class, and I'm excited to see where everyone goes, but I don't think – I think that the race Seattle's going, I don't know if they need to pick a quarterback quite yet. Um, but if Gino decides to leave, then, yeah, 100% you take one. Well, I mean, speaking of the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, primetime game. 
Yeah, Thursday night, we got Colts at Broncos. Two struggling teams. Two teams we expect to do a whole lot better um, coming into the season. And they are struggling. Colts 1-2-1. and one. Broncos 2-2. Two and two. Should probably be 0-4. Nathaniel Hack is a shit coach. Um, Javante Williams, torn ACL, out for the year, unfortunately. Hoping for a speed recovery for him. Very talented back. Sucks to see him hurt. Um, also, Jonathan Taylor, star running back for the Colts, potentially out Thursday after an injury he suffered um, during the game last week. Um, looks like Shaquille Leonard is going to be out with a concussion, and Randy Gregory, pass rusher for the Broncos, is on IR. Um, both these teams have been struggling. Uh, Colts, not Colts, the Broncos offense looked a little better last week, but, you know, they were playing the, a Raiders. Isn't, but you know there are some positives uh, you could take from that game. Uh, Broncos offensively. As for the Colts, they just came for seventeen loss. Now, I hate to break it to everybody, but the Colts' O line is bad. Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Brain Smith are not as good as advertised anymore. Apparently. They Ryan Kelly's getting thrown into other guys, clogging up the running lanes for Jonathan Taylor, as well as Quentin Nelson. Um, I I know, you know, I could get bashed for that, but unfortunately, you just need to watch the games and see what happens. Jonathan Taylor's not been able to run the ball efficiently, and that's because their old line is bad. Quentin Nelson's not good. Well, he's he's not as good as advertised. However. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Matt Ryan's the third sacked quarterback at fifteen. Yeah, I saw I, every every time the Colts game is on my TV. I swear I'm seeing Matt Ryan get sacked. And you, that is the last thing you want for your, you know, late thirties quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and and as we were talking, if Jonathan Taylor can't play. Lindsey, is he the pure runner and Naheem still plays the same role? Or does Naheem start getting some carries in there as well? So uh, let me introduce you to a young man named Dion Jackson, I believe his name is. He is the third string running back for the Colts. He will probably get um, he will probably get a workload in that game. I do think the game plan changes a lot. We may see more we may see more passing from the Colts offense because they're going up against a tough Denver defense. However, with Randy Gregory now out, um, their pass rush takes a takes an obvious hit. And after Denver traded Malik Reed um, to the Pittsburgh Steelers earlier in the year, I don't really know who is behind Randy Gregory there. So I think the Colts, we may see him pass the ball a bit more, and that's going to mean a lot more Naheem Hines. Um but yeah, I think overall the what what this game is going to come down to is who has the coaching advantage, who's going to be the better coach team because both <laughs> these teams are struggling and obviously you know what my answer is going to be. It's not going to be Nathaniel Hackett. You think I'm going to say Nathaniel Hackett? If you thought I was going to say Nathaniel Hackett, you're smoking, you're on crack. You should probably stop listening and I don't know, go go touch grass or something. Frank Rice is a great better head coach and I think Frank Wright is going to be able to have the Colts succeed against the Broncos and he's going to lead them to the W. Um, on the road, I say the Colts won this game twenty-five to nineteen. Two things that that should also be mentioned is Shaquille Leonard also knows. Oh wow! Okay. And then the other thing is is Russell Wilson hasn't practiced the past two days with a shoulder injury. Really? 
Yeah. And, and with, with, with Javante being out for the year with the torn ACL, Melvin Gordon had the fumbling problems. You come down to Mike Boone. And Latavius Murray, who and, and just Latavius got Murray. But I don't think – you think – is Latavius Murray really – how much time is he really going to see considering he was signed from the Saints who just played in – now there's a Thursday night game after Latavius Murray was signed off from the Saints. Who had a big game for the Saints in London? Is he going to be able, you know, will Latavius know enough? He's going to know enough of the offense to be able to play. I, I don't know. It's because I mean, Nathaniel Hackett's offense is so complex. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, that offensive mastermind that man is. Uh, Russell Wilson says he's super confident he's going to play, but. I mean, dang. So, really, if uh, – I don't know. I mean – Who's the backup for Denver? That – Is it – That <laughs> – that, Yeah, that that's a stumper, huh? <laughs> is it who I think it is? Braggers death chart. Who do we got at quarterback? We got Brett Reifian. Oh, dear Lord. Okay, well. Yeah, you I got think- to- I think you know if Russell what? Wilson really weren't to play that they'd sign somebody else. Yeah, I, th- I think I think Russ will be fine. I think Russ will. Well, but Russ yeah, will as far fine. as far as the struggles, we we went out and we we proved that everyone on that O line is six five, besides one dude who's six three. Russell Wilson's five ten. That's 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 where the struggles are coming from: is the overthrows, the underthrows, and obviously Hackett doesn't help and. Needs to get get every single place. So if they can see where anybody is, I mean, it's it's a different atmosphere than what he's used to, and it shows. And you you make a fair, you make a great point. I think that you know that can definitely be a reason why this offense is struggling. You know, you bring in Russell Wilson, you sign him to this big contract, and you're sitting there and you're like, oh, why isn't Russell Wilson playing well? Well, he's never been behind an O line of fucking giants, so <laughs> yes. So it's not like it's not like a Drew Brees situation where he had to stand on his tippy toes, but he Drew Brees knew he had to do that because he his whole life he was behind a line that was taller than him. But now with Russell Wilson, you know this is this is new to him. Seattle did a good job of getting guys in there who were you know just maybe a little taller than Russ. But now he's he has to roll out, and I've noticed when he's not rolling out, it looks like he checks down a lot. He looks like he's checking down mm-hmm. to the flats a lot. So, yeah, you make a great point there, Colin. And I don't think enough people are talking about that. I I think the two matchups for this game are going to be Gilmore on Sutton. And I think it's also going to come down to if the Force Buckner can get through that line, which shouldn't be the biggest problem. But the Force Buckner is going to have to put a lot of pressure on on, uh, on Wilson and play good for the run game without Leonard being there. He is the first mm-hmm. the first option. Yeah, and I also think uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot of Patrick Sertan on uh, Michael Pittman. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's going to be fun as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these are obviously two struggling teams, but across the board, there's fun matchups everywhere you look. I think actually, there's a player I'm really going to be interested to see um, step up, and I feel like he has these past two games as uh, Cincinnati rookie receiver for the Colts, Alec Pierce. He's mm-hmm. he's been he's had a solid past two games. 
And the Colts, their offensive weapons really haven't had any because obviously Matt Ryan's getting sacked every other play, it feels like, and Jonathan Taylor hasn't been anything to get going on the ground. And outside of Michael Pittman, who didn't have the best week last week, he only had three catches for 66 yards, I believe, um, or 33 yards, 36 yards, something like that. I don't know. Didn't have the best week. Um, you got to look for Alec Pierce, who's been solid these past few weeks. He's gotten a good amount of targets, a good amount of receptions. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to see how he steps up in this game because the, the that Colts offense needs a spark. They only had 17 last week, and they need they need something to go their way. So Alec Pierce is going to be the guy to step up for him. They they do. I mean, the Colts haven't scored above 20 at all this season. Really? Then they they scored 20 against the Chiefs, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, 20 against the Chiefs, 20 against the Texans, a big goose egg against the Jags, and 20 or 17 against the Titans. Wow, they've yet to go above 20. Wow. Well, Colts fans, I feel your pain as a Steeler fan. My offense sucks too, but uh, it's going to be a lot better with Kenny Pickett. I don't know if I can say the same about yours because you're going up against a tough defense, but you know. You know what, looking across the league, they are the lowest scoring team in the NFL. By a decent bit. You want, you want to know what's funnier? Let, let me go ahead and check this real quick. Let me ask the Steelers are up next. Or the Bears. No, no, actually, the Broncos. No, 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 the Bears. The Bears are 31st. The Broncos are 30th. Yep, this is going to be a great Thursday night matchup. We, <laughs> we can't wait. Make sure you watch it on Amazon Prime unless you're broke. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you've got the 32nd scoring offense against the 30th scoring offense. That's going to be a shootout, ladies and gentlemen. Get ready. <laughs> you know what? That that would be what, what the beauty of the NFL is. You never know what's going to happen. And these two awful offenses, they may combine for – 50-something points. So, now, I wouldn't recommend betting the over this game, but if you do, hey, it could happen because both these teams are so bad that, no. I'll take I'll take Broncos winning 24-17. to 17. Okay, okay. You know what? I like that. I got Colts winning, Colin has the Broncos winning. But, yeah, I think I think that is all we got. Do you have any, any final words, Colin? Uh, go Seahawks. Go, go, yeah, go Seahawks. 12th man, baby. Um, but anyways, we appreciate you guys for listening. As always, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Play, and Stitcher. I'm at Apple Podcasts. I'm going to go uh, cry. I suck at talking, but, you know, that's okay. Uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys for listening. We will be back with an episode on Saturday with our predictions for the upcoming Week 5 games. We'll see you later.